Welcome to Ed Talks, an audio podcast presented by Achieve Minneapolis in partnership with the Citizens League. Ed Talks is a lively series of community conversations about public education and related issues that impact our young people. Each Ed Talks features two compelling short presentations by cutting edge educators, youth advocates, students, artists, or community leaders. Ed Talks is supported by a generous grant from the Bush Foundation. This Ed Talks is titled Creating Anti-Racist Third Spaces in and out of the classroom. Our featured speaker is Janine Erickson. Janine serves as the Writer's Room Manager with 826 MSP, an arts education nonprofit which amplifies the voices of Twin Cities youth through free writing, tutoring, publishing, and leadership programs in schools, out of schools, and distance learning. She graduated from St. Catherine University with a degree in critical studies of race and ethnicity and French, which heavily influences her work and approach to education and writing. Janine will discuss the importance of creating anti-racist and anti-oppressionist third spaces to support students in the classroom and other settings, such as the organization's Writer's Room at South High School. The creation of third space is rooted in abolitionist teaching practices and requires loving accountability, destigmatization of mental health, and decentering of whiteness to truly support youth in life and education. Janine will share how third space that is rooted in community building, Afrofuturist theories and teachings, and decolonizing the lives, minds, and dreamscape of historically marginalized folks can reshape and provide opportunities for rebirth for all young people, regardless of race or racial identity. This virtual Ed Talk was live streamed online on March 28, 2022. Good evening, my name is Janine Erickson. I use she, her pronouns, and today we're going to have a really amazing conversation about anti-racism, loving accountability, and third space culture. Now to ground tonight's event, I really wanna quote and echo the wise words of one of my favorite educators, Dr. Bettina Love, and she says, to love all children, we must struggle together to build the schools we are taught to believe are impossible. Schools built on love, justice, joy, and anti-racism. And for context today, all the photos you'll be seeing are actual photos of my students, so please feel free to share some love for them in the comments. Again, Janine Erickson, she, her pronouns, and I currently serve as the Writer's Room Manager with the nonprofit 826MSP. And my goals and hopes for today's conversation is really just to have a better understanding or hopefully a strengthened understanding about third space culture, what it is and what it isn't, and also the very important and crucial and integral role that loving accountability plays as well. So let's talk about space. So now you might be wondering, what does third space mean anyway? And I'm here to help, no worries. So if home is the first space or place and work or school is a second space or place, then third spaces by definition are anchors that transcends those two prior definitions. Now, again, if you're still kind of struggling, some third space examples could be Starbucks, the library, your car on your lunch break, maybe your friend's backyard. But for the purpose of today's conversation, I really wanna focus on the definition from Wing Young Hui from the Third Place Gallery, and he says, if home is the first place and work is the second place, third places then by definition are anchors of community life that facilitate foster and foster broader, more creative interactions. Now I really wanna echo the word anchor. 
Anchor meaning grounded, anchor meaning community driven and centered. That's the really important distinction I want us to take away is that we're not here to just be at a Starbucks, we're here to foster community with one another. Now, in the wise words of my colleague, Korsha Hassan, she talks about the fact that often victims or people that are made to be victimized by oppressive systems are given the brunt or the fault of these systems that we are targets of. So she wrote a letter to our nonprofit shortly after George Floyd is murdered, and I'm going to echo those words that you see on the screen, which are as follows. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and countless black bodies were murdered by a racist police system. They didn't choose to die, they were murdered. And just similarly that Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Elijah McClain, Trayvon Martin, and countless other black bodies did not choose to be murdered by a racist police system, neither did our at-risk youth. At-risk youth similar to um, black and brown bodies in a racist police system and a racist society do not choose to be at risk. They are made to be at risk and are marginalized by a racist education system. Now let me tell you a little bit more about 826 MSP and the work that we do in the writer's room, which is my third space that we'll be talking about today. So the writer's room, as many know it, is a place to answer whiteboard prompts, maybe get a snack if we're allowing it, depending on COVID at the time, and also just a chance to have intentional conversations, get one-on-one -on -one tutoring, support with our wonderful volunteers, and also a place to gather. So how do we build these intentional third spaces? I'd argue the three pillars of third space should be, if you want to build an intentional one, are intentionality, sustainability, and representative or responsive programming. So one of the ways we did that shortly after starting the 2020-2021 school year, which was our distance learning year, was to analyze what language should we be using to build community with one another. So here are some tools that I would suggest you could potentially use in your spaces. The equity statement you see on the screen is as follows. Here in the writer's room, we believe that all are welcome here, that black lives matter, that no human is illegal, and believe women. Now that language on paper may just seem like words, but words have power and intentionality. Now it's not just words on paper that are going to help us foster broader community. It has to be action as well. So another part, an integral part about third spaces, especially intentional third spaces, is our author visit series. So one of the first things I did as writer's room manager in my first year in the role was ensure that our author visit series, which is an in-school field trip where we bring in local authors and artists from the Twin Cities community and pay them for their time to talk, to talk about the behind the scenes of the publishing and editing process. But however, even though we were bringing in these amazing authors and artists, none of them were representative of our student body. For context, South is a 60% BIPOC identifying and a 40% non-BIPOC identifying breakdown. So one of the first things I did was ensure that we were not only paying artists for their time, but ensuring that all the author visits from that point forward were only featuring and paying compensating BIPOC identifying artists. Another aspect of the writer's room in our very intentional third space is this commitment to wellness and a holistic approach. So it's very easy, especially in the nonprofit sector, to relationship build with students and our stakeholders for a very transactional purpose or the objectives or the needs of the organization. As writer's room manager, I really wanted to ensure that we did not do that. So the Wellness Wednesday series was a series that we built in response and in preparation for the distance learning year last year in an attempt to not only intentionally build relationships with students, but also approach learning and writing from a holistic and a wellness lens. Writing, as we all may know, is a very intimate and intensive practice. So it's very imperative for us to ensure that our students not only have the writing skills that they need to defend and advocate for their needs, but also the wellness to back it up as well. Now, why is it imperative that we have these third spaces? What is their function? What is the purpose that they serve? Well, as educators, as you know, facilitators of community and people that hopefully want to build these classrooms again and echoing Dr. Bettina Love's words, we are taught to believe are impossible. 
We have to be the change in the classroom, first and foremost. So one of the other ways that we were ensuring that we were making an intentional third space when I first started in the role was the creation of the Writers' Room Advisory Council, AKA RAC, all hands on deck if you're one of my RAC members in the audience. But its function and really the intentionality behind creating this Youth Leadership Council was if we're going to build a space that's for students, by students, informed by students, how can we argue we're doing that if students do not have any autonomy or a seat at the table? That's simply inaccurate and that's simply unfair. So not only do we ensure that students had autonomy and were in the driver's seat, we also ensure that just like our authors and artists and our other stakeholders, they are being compensated for their labor, their voice, and their truth. And modeling the leadership we wanted to see not only in the adults in the education sector, but also the youth as well. And now I could go on and on and on about what the writer's room means to me and why it's a valid space, but I'd rather leave that up to one of my former RAC members and colleagues and students, Chris Dominguez. Chris, take it away. Um, I'm Chris Dominguez, and I am a part of the 826 MSP program. I'm really connected with this, like, with the writer's room. That was really good. Like, I felt really connected, and the environment, the environment was so pretty. Like, um, the lights, and then the posters with, like, inspirational quotes, and then, like, pictures, and then, like, all the colors. I really like the fact that the place was like very safe and like Janine made that happen. Janine like was working like hard to like facilitate everything, everything. And then I was like, yes, go off. You did great. You're doing great. And I like how like how patient she is, like within facilitating um, author visits, because that's like with the author visits, that was really good. Like I enjoyed like almost it every 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 author visit that i've been in um i don't know i feel like um doing it always brings me joy so a26 msp that i really enjoyed being a part of the team um as i can say janine was like a, like a mentor to me which is really like i needed that um when i use when i had to write my scholarship essays for college or just like college applications she was there to help me and i'm here i'm in college and i i'm succeeding college has been hard but i'm succeeding and it was just a really good great experience now lastly one of the last more amazing things about third spaces as a whole in the writer's room and some of the projects we've been able to cultivate as a space is our Young Authors Book Project. It is a professional publishing project in partnership with various classes and teachers where we work with publishers, illustrators, designers, and we publish a real book with 15, 16, 17, 18-year-olds by the end of their school year. The project you see featured in the presentation is our most recent project, The Words Unburden Me, and it was a group of 15-year-old English language learner students with Miss Lalagi's class. And although they faced many challenges, the pandemic, maybe not wanting to be in the classroom, we still made a beautiful book together, and these photos are from our celebration. And if you're interested in supporting our young writers and our students, please feel free to scan this QR code, and that's a way that will take you directly to our book page. Now, we talked a lot about third spaces, more explicitly intentional third spaces. So where does loving accountability fall into this line? Let's talk about it. So in the wise and amazing words of another amazing black educator, Angela Davis, when children attend schools that place a greater value on discipline and security than on knowledge and intellectual development, they are attending prep schools for prison. And I want to reiterate that last line. They are attending prep schools for prison. So it hopefully does not fall 
on deaf ears that obviously the school to prison pipeline is a very real and harmful institution that impacts educators, our students, and more explicitly our black and brown educators and students. And one of the vehicles or tools we can use to distance ourselves and more ideally disrupt and dismantle carceral approaches to discipline in the school system is accountability. And I want to articulate here, accountability doesn't happen just by chance. It has to be implemented. Accountability is not a one and done situation. It's not an adults versus students, and it's not a hierarchy. It's very much a commitment to this is how I want to build community with you, and this is how I want to come together. And speaking of accountability, I want to tell you a brief story about one of my favorite students, Abduwasa. So Abduwasa is one of the first students I got to work with in the writer's room. He's actually also from the Young Authors Book Project I just mentioned, Words Unburden Me. When I first met Abduwasa in his class, we told him and his peers we would be making a book together, to which he responded, nah, I'm not doing that. Needless to say, it was a bit of a journey with Abduwasa encouraging him to get into writing, which is fair, right? Writing is not for everyone. It's not everyone's favorite pastime, so that was perfectly valid. And I remember, although he was slow to warm up to this space, he eventually came to love the writer's room, and apart from YABP, even came for his own writing essay support and help. And I remember one time I was working with Abdulwasa on a one-on-one -on -one conference, and he was just giving me a really weird like, energy, and he was being very rude and disrespectful to me, and I had to pause, and I turned to him and I said, Abdulwasa, you know, I really want to help you with this writing conference, and I really want to be in community with you, but it's making, I can't do that if you continue to use these harmful words against me. And he took a pause, and he took into consideration, and he said, I'm sorry, miss. And you know, it could have ended there. It could have ended back in 2019, in the writer's room, pre-pandemic, but it didn't. Instead, fast forward to now, where the, in this photo you see he's 17 years old now, he still loves the writer's room, he's still a very avid member of our community, and now he's modeling the expectations and the leadership I hope to see in this space. So just to say that accountability doesn't have to be what it's often framed as, which is cancel culture. It can be a call in, it can be an invitation. And I just wanna leave you here with these last two questions. What does loving accountability mean to you? And I also encourage you, you can either write about this because you are a writing org, or you could just reflect on it on your own time. But I want you to think about a time where you experienced a third space culture. Why was it important to you? And what did it mean to cultivating your own sense of identity or self or community? And I just want to, once again, thank you all so much for your time this evening. Thank you for my students if you're in the audience. Shout out to Chris Dominguez for his words earlier in the What the Writer's Room video means to you. And most importantly, thank you so much for all that we have learned as community and together. And if you're interested in learning more about third space culture, um, loving accountability, and more about the work we do at 826MSP, please take a moment and use your QR code or your phone to access this document. And last but not least, I just want to give a sincere shout out to my students featured in the video, Chris Dominguez, Abduwasa, and also the students you see on these slides. I would not be the educator I am without their support and their guidance. And it's been such a privilege to work with all of you. Thank you. Ed Talks is presented by Achieve Minneapolis in partnership with the Citizens League. Thanks to our generous sponsor, the Bush Foundation. For more information on Ed Talks or to watch Ed Talks videos or listen to audio podcasts, visit AchieveMPLS.org.